Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm K-Drama Jen. I'm Drama Geek. And I'm K-Muse. For those of you who have not joined us yet, we have a Patreon page where you can get once a month extra podcasts, uh, access to all of our backlog podcasts, as well as joining our Discord server where we chat 24-7 about dramas, movies, pretty much anything that comes to mind. And we are about to start a group watch of the classic drama Signal. So if this is something that would interest you, be sure to come check it out and join us over on Patreon. As usual, the link will be in our show notes. So today we are going to talk about the very popular, the very hot Netflix, like on the top 10 Netflix list drama, The Glory. And it aired in two sections. And the second part of the drama, which ended up being the um, nine through 16. So it's a 16 episode drama, but just aired in two separate parts. So if you go on Netflix right now, you're going to find it. But it just finished, dropped its second half. And I've seen lots of people that binged it right away. But I've also seen this last week, a lot of people were finishing up watching the second half. So I think it's going to be a good time for us to talk all things The Glory today on our podcast. We're going to do a spoiler-free section at the beginning. So if you haven't watched it, you can listen to the spoiler-free section. And then we will announce very clearly that we're going to talk about all the spoilers because we have all three of us have watched the entire drama and then you can go watch it and come back and listen to the rest if you haven't watched it. So I think we have to start with talking about the writer of the drama Kim Eun-suk. She's a very famous Korean uh, drama writer. She's done hits such as Heirs of the Sun, Sun, Goblin, Oh, what was the last Mr. Sunshine, King Mm -hmm. Eternal Monarch. And so she's been doing this forever and pretty much can like get whatever actor she wants to play because her dramas are always going to be big. But this is her first Netflix drama, which was specifically for Netflix and -hmm. produced by Netflix. Mm -hmm. So it definitely has a little different vibe than her classic dramas. Uh, I think it's, well, it is definitely darker than (laughs) many of her dramas have been in the past. Also, it's very noticeably, I would say, a very much more tight story because they're not extending episodes or the stations in Korea aren't saying, hey, focus more on this actor or that actor. And so I think this is probably my favorite written story that she's done out of all of her shows. What are your guys' thoughts? So just in general, as far as her filmography, I I like her writing. I I actually really liked Descendants of the Sun up until probably the last couple of episodes. I kind of felt like it got a little, you know, they all had to go save the world from an earthquake or something that was a little off. But I, of course, um, liked Guard, um, what is it? Guardian Goblin, right? So yeah. Um, What's it? It's something it's called something like the guardian of the something. There's another title for it. So I always get it confused. And I liked Eternal Monarch. So I have to say that, you no, know, I in general 
will watch her dramas because I do think that, um, like you said, she can pull in really big names. She can cast really whomever she wants in her dramas. And so um, in general, I have really, if I know, if I see her name on it, um, then I will usually pick it up and just give it a try. Yes, I tend to like her dramas. For me, I felt like this one, and it's not necessarily the fault of a writer, but when you have an extremely popular writer, everybody wants to get their ad placement in there. And so I think a lot of the episodes become kind of bloated and that's where like, you might be like, oh yeah, the last half was a little bit draggy Mm -hmm. because you kept having all of the, the, in the drama product placement, but also they want them to be an hour and 20 to 30 minutes long for each episode. So then you're filling that time slot with stuff that maybe isn't necessary. So I feel like that for me out of the being a Netflix drama is what really made it to where it was, it was such a tightly written, carried out story that, that I didn't feel like there was anything extra. Every scene moment, everything seemed to, was very important. And, and that's part of the, you know, what I like when it's a Netflix original, cause you just don't have all of that. I mean, yes, people still want to be like the products and still want to be seen, but it's just not so in your face. And then the episodes don't get so long because each episode was none of them went over an hour. That was what was kind of nice about it. So I, I feel like, uh, it was, that was part of the best written. And then I also feel like, and I don't know if it was the director or what, but I feel like the characters in this one were just so raw in a lot of it. And I don't know if she's had a lot of characters that are, are like that in some of her other, they're still really interesting and great characters, but this one, it just seemed like they had to be very raw in a lot of it. So, which might also be another Netflix. So what are your feelings about her like regular filmography before this one? The first one I ever saw uh, of hers was Secret Garden. And I didn't really like the guy that much. And I feel like that's something that she's evolved over time and with the trends as well, mm-hmm. that she's that her male leads and even her female leads being stronger. And like the Secret Garden one, she was definitely strong and then it disappeared you know, and that can happen as well with some of hers. But like this one, I feel like the characters, her other dramas, like I love Goblin, Mr. Sunshine. I watched most of it, but it, it wasn't necessarily the writer's fault of why I didn't finish it. But like King Eternal Monarch, I love that drama and I love the characters in it. I'm, I'm watching uh, Wudo Wan's current one. And I just keep thinking about his twin characters because he goes from yeah. silly to serious. <laughs> anyway, so she's great at characterization. So I... I like her classic works. I have issues with some of them, but I feel like this one um, really uh, highlighted her talents as a writer and then kind of stretched it even more to where it it maybe, I don't know if it's my favorite of hers just because it's such a different genre. It's hard to compare it to some of the others, which are lighter, more romantic. So it kind of is like separate for me in a way, but yeah to answer two questions at one time. (laughs) (laughs) That for me is the same as far as like why this one feels so different is that I feel like a lot of her works, um, a lot of the female characters kind of disappear 
Mm -hmm. Um, We really do focus on the male lead a lot more as far as like, if you think about some of the big um, shows that she's done, like, what do we remember about it? It's a, usually it's like a bromance or a strong male lead. And I feel like in this one, our female lead was like, so stand out. I mean, it had a really great cast, Mm -hmm. lots of great supporting actors and actresses, but I just felt like, like this was so compelling. And like you said, it felt raw. It Mm -hmm. felt like, I mean, it was kind of brutal and hard to watch at times, but I thought that it really was very, very different from what we've seen from her before. What are your thoughts on that, King News? Well, and I have to agree that when you say everything was written with no extra filler, there's Mm -hmm. not extra characters either right? Mm -hmm. that aren't written very Mm -hmm. specifically to fit in a certain slot. And Mm -hmm. so it's almost like an ensemble cast because we have these characters Mm -hmm. that are maybe like four levels in from our traditional leads. And yet their characters are just as important as the leads because they are doing all these actions that create the plot. Mm-hmm. And so it's really so tightly written and the characters are so layered and intricately woven into the narrative that is just really an amazing piece of work. So, and I admit it might not be the fluffiest or lightest one, but just as a story on a whole without all of the gaps or the fillers or the plot holes, this is definitely her best work, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So the next thing is we're going to talk about Jen's favorite. Yay, cinematography. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I feel like the cinematography can also go into that same category. Like there wasn't anything extra. Everything that was shown in every scene. It's, it's one of those where if you go to YouTube, you're going to find videos of people going, okay, so when this is shown or when you see this, this means that like it, it, everything kind of worked together to form this intricate story was being told and kind of unfolding in front of you. And so every scene that you see, um, not most of them, I don't, I'm beautiful, but sad there, you know, there was definitely a, a sad sense to and some horrific in a lot of a lot of things as well. So cinematography worked in conjunction with um with everything else to to tell the story in the best way that it could. So what are your thoughts, Camus? For me, I think I really liked how the director caught all the facial expressions and the micro expressions. And that's saying something because the leading lady is not necessarily my favorite. Um, I've had problems in the past with just having a very unexpressive face. That's just how her acting style. It's not personally the acting style I enjoy, but the director got that perfect energy of, you know, traumatized and a little bit manic through so many of the scenes where it she's just like intense and I really loved how the director pulled all those emotions and you could tell he did the same thing with the girl that's like the evil girl and all of these 
characters and actors have just this really raw performance, as you said earlier, and it just comes through as in something different, something really intense. And I think a lot of that has to be given to how the director had people express emotions in this show. So it was really good. For me, again, this isn't always something I pick up on, but um, Drama Geek brought it up earlier, just that there was no wasted space, no wasted time, and everything that they were showing you had meaning. And you might not have realized it had meaning until you went back later and you were like, oh, that's what that was. Um, And I really love that about a show when you can go back and rewatch it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, it was there in front of us the whole time. Um, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Or, oh, that character was a lot more important than I thought. And we saw a glimpse of them, but we, you know, like, uh, again, it's tight writing, but it was tight directing as well, because we got shots that helped us kind of like would have helped us if we'd realized what we were looking at. And I, I really appreciate that about a drama when you can, um, you know, you get little bits and pieces like that along the way. Those of you who have watched the show or have attempted to watch the show know that the first episode especially is very graphic. Uh, It deals with some extreme bullying, possibly the worst I've ever seen on a Mm -hmm. drama. It's extreme bullying Mm -hmm. to the point where you're like, oh, okay, I can understand why she wants to ruin their lives, you know. So do we think this drama needed intense bullying and torture or would it have been as effective without it? And I think you needed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't. I'm like, get through the first episode. There's still some later on, but it's nothing like that first episode. And so, but it sets up the story. And if you don't have those emotions and the recoil from what happened to her, you're not going to be as invested. It's so true. I mean, I think it was hard to watch. And I mean, this is beyond like bullying. This is true torture. Like they did really like there are really graphic scenes, but you are so angry on her behalf and you feel like and you're just so disgusted by the lengths that these teenagers went to 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 ruin her that you can, I mean, it really does kind of build the momentum and get you on her side so that even when she goes to extreme lengths for this revenge plan, you kind of are like, yeah, they're getting what they deserve. Um, so I, I do think that it served a purpose. Again, nothing was extra here. It, it served a purpose. The, I mean, the saddest part is, is that, and writer doesn't necessarily say they based it off of a real case that happened, but unfortunately a real case similar to what happened in this did happen in, in somewhere in Korea. And so it, again, it's not like they had to show every little bit that they showed, but again, like you were saying, it's one of those where I am not the biggest revenge drama person because I hate how much the person loses and how much I feel like if they would have just kind of put it behind them and moved on with their life, their life would have just been much better. Like stop focusing on that and don't. But with this one, I felt like I was right there with her of like, they took everything from her 
And to get back to, to almost a baseline of humanity, like I can see her point. I can see where she's coming from. I can understand. And this is another one in the line of a lot of other dramas that we've watched lately that gives that feeling of like, there's nobody there to help you. The police aren't there. The teachers aren't there. The system's not there. So I have to do it myself. And that's very much the scene that what they set up in the first episode was that revenge wasn't going to come to these people because of their status and their money unless she did something about it. Kind of, that's the way that the first episode was set up. It's very much the theme these days. Like like, this could be a zombie movie, right? In the same way, like they're (laughs) on their own. Everybody's against you Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to, you know, find your, find your people and make this work. Well, and she's not the only person within the the story that they give that narrative to. There's people that as the story goes further that she kind of has on her side or she helps herself that are in that same position of like, if they don't do it, there's nobody else that is going to. So, yeah. And I I do want to say, since you said that you don't Mm. usually like revenge dramas, I mean, Mm. I'm all in for revenge dramas usually. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But what annoys me is when they don't go all the way and really, you know, like there's some redeeming factor or whatever. Well, I'm sorry. I watch them not because I think this is how you should deal with things in life, but I do it because probably because they're enjoyable. Yeah. Probably because it isn't how I would deal with things. Right. And so, um, so I just, but this, I was so fully behind and I appreciated that. I mean, talk about, she has a really long time to plan it. Let's just say. She does. (laughs) She does. Yeah. Um, Well, and I, Oh, mm. sorry. No, go ahead. I, I won't go into details, but I love there's a line towards the end of the drama where one of the characters say that she's regaining her glory because her life stopped at 19 because mm-hmm. of these people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I would say it's very similar to like um, a person confronting their rapist or that right. kind of situation where right. their lives are destroyed and they can't get past it. Yeah. And getting justice is a way of being able to move on. And so Mm -hmm. she was finally able to move on after justice was served Mm -hmm. and it might've been her own justice, but justice was served. (laughs) And so I liked how the show kind of put it in that perspective. It wasn't that she was just a nutcase going after everyone. It was, this had Mm -hmm. to happen. So, So Yes. So we have a wide range of actors in this drama. As we said, this particular writer can pretty much attract any um, actor or actress. So did we feel any of them kind of stood out with a breakaway performance? Um, I actually thought a lot of them did an amazing job. As I think about like breakaway. So I actually really will be watching. Oh, gosh. Uh, the actor that played Myung Myung Oh, mm-hmm. um, I will be watching for him and things in the Kim future. Gung Woo, him or his ponytail. <laughs> yes, if you look him up on my drama list, he has short hair and still looks fabulous. But Kim Gung Woo is yeah. who played him. Uh, I really thought him. he. I mean, I'm I'm just curious to see. I, I would love to see what happens in the future. Um, of course, I thought that. 
or Song Hye Kyo, the leading lady. Like I actually thought she did such an amazing job in this. Um, it really was perfectly suited for what she can bring to a role. And there was just such an intensity in everything that she did. Um, and then the uh, actress that played um, the evil girl, Park Young Jin, so the mm. actress is Lim ji she was really, really chilling at times. So I really liked her. And then I, I just thought that some of the some of the side characters also really deserve to be mentioned, um, especially like, but there's the, the person that is, was sort of, would have, would have also been bullied if, if circumstances had been different. And we learned that kind of later. So I thought that she also did a great job. And of course, um, and the name is escaping me, but is it Yom Hiran? Which character are we? Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, sure yeah, yeah. The, yeah. That's the so this is her sidekick. Yes. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. So, oh, okay. You're referring to her. So I thought she did a great job too. <laughs> she was in. I think most recently I've seen her in like she was in the Uncanny Counter most recently. Mm, yes. She's, mm-hmm. she's, she's in. Uh, she's a has yeah. I was going to be. She's one of those actresses that's in a lot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She's in oh. absolutely everything. So I'm really glad that we were able to see her in this role as well. So I know I mentioned a lot because I actually thought <laughs> that they did a I, well, great job. That's the thing is I feel like uh, almost everybody in this cast just did an amazing job. I yeah. do want to make sure we mention the two teenage girls that played their younger selves mm-hmm. because so Jung uh, Jiso, she she's kind of up and coming where she would, she played, Oh, I don't even know what her character was supposed to be God or whatever in, in so in Gook's that drama that he oh, had. Okay. That, where yeah. she was the, all right. Yeah. yeah. So she played she God had, and then the at the plant. Yeah. And then she, her lead role is in um, imitation. Is it imitation? I think that's what the drama is. I've got her thing where she was a, a K-pop star who the career had kind of, stopped for a while i i actually started with yes imitation i started watching it recently just a little bit to watch some of the at's boys and then i just couldn't <laughs> hurt she, she was i think it's because she was doing two different dramas and filming and they put weird wigs on her through the whole thing and it's it just bothered me a lot but she she was brilliant in this as the younger female lead um and she, uh, she's the actress that has to go through all of the torture scenes and everything and ugh. And then the girl that pay, played the younger version of the bully, uh, Shin uh, Yeun, she's the one that was recently in um, uh, Revenge of Others, which I don't think anybody else watched that with me last year. But um, she was the female lead in that, and she was really good in that. But she kind of pulled out a new side of herself. And, you know, it's one of those where... It's hard to say yeah. when you're trying to be a leading lady, it's hard to say yes to being the bully in yeah. in, a, in something. And then, of course, this draw and, you know, because it's the writer, you know, it's going to be huge. She but, was in he is psychometric. She was. She the, was. Yes. She was the leading yeah. girl. She was. Right? Yeah. And so I and I feel like she's had good characters that she's done like it. But I don't know that she's been like the talk of the town mm-hmm. yet quite. And I, she might not, she's going to be overshadowed by the big hitters in the drama, but I still think that she would, will be acknowledged for um, 
the the she starts it out like you know she really convinces you of how horrible this girl is when she's a teenager mm-hmm. so she did a really great yeah. job well and i was just looking and jung jisoo is going to be the lead in miss granny they're making uh, a drama from the movie from the movie i love oh, wow. that movie yes. that yeah. was such a good movie and, and she's gonna that's be perfect awesome for her. at that yeah playing yeah. a 70 year old in a teenage body yeah so <laughs> just give her a good hair haircut no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well and I also want to mention uh, the hottie husband. He oh yes, very oh yeah, dynamic. He was as well as his counterpart or counterpart, the other male lead, yeah. Lee Do Hyun. Oh yeah. yeah, very good. He really just brought that role to life. And I liked Kim Hyora, who played the drug addict. She yeah. was very realistic. I mean, her drug addict was one of the better. Like it just felt very again felt real raw and real. Yeah. Yeah. It and really did. it was didn't feel overacted like sometimes they often are. And so I really like that one. So and it looks like um Ido Hyun has been in Beyond Evil as the oh, younger version. <laughs> yep, he's been in Melancholia, Youth yeah. of May, 18 again. Yeah. Yeah, he has quite a long filmography for as young as he is. The first time I saw him. Prison Playbook? He was one of the younger actors. Yes, it was Prison Playbooks. He though. Okay, sorry. I'm like, I was looking at, um, so the husband, the hottie husband, he's the husband to the evil girl. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I saw his name and then I looked down and he was in Our Blues and I'm like, what did he play in Our Blues? I don't (laughs) remember him because, again, Our Blues is another one. I think I'm the only one that watched. But yeah, I realized he started it, actually. He plays Shin Minah's husband that she ends up divorcing because of her uh, depression and stuff. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, now I remember him. So he likes to play the the. Not that he likes to play, but he looks like he gets he plays the the husband of <laughs> husband of the <laughs> well, he was a very attractive husband uh-huh. in this yeah. one. So speaking wow. of this guy, <laughs> who has the best chemistry and it has to be spoiler free. And without getting too much into it, I will quickly say on the other end of it that the I did not this do not go into this watching it. For the leads or their romance or their chemistry. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's, and not that's the, okay. That's not the point. That's okay. In real life, the the lead dude ends up with the evil girl they're dating. So, you know, they had better <laughs> chemistry <laughs> then. And, you know, I think the best chemistry was probably between the uh, female lead and the, the hottie husband. Um but I also feel like there was just great, there was a great, chem- it, it's really hard because on the other side, they're all bullies and horrible people, but they also all had really great chemistry as actors together. Mm-hmm. And so there were so many scenes that I felt were like kind of, and crackling isn't the right word for it. Cause again, they're just like, oh, they're despicable people. But I just feel like, there was just such great chemistry between a lot of people in the cast. I even think the the um, hottie husband and then the lead guy, 
they had really good chemistry. And again, I'm talking about like just acting together and how the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Their chemistry in the scenes that they were in together because they had they they had a very weird dynamic because they both were kind of on no spoilers, but so they had a great they had great chemistry with each other. And there was just other people on again the bully side that they're despicable people, but they still had some great chemistry with each other. That I feel like the drama was kind of full of chemistry, except for the the OTV, if you want to call them that. I don't even think they're necessarily considered like. I mean, they well, are a couple because they, they just you know. both messed up enough where they fit. Yeah, like they yeah. fit. Yeah, that. on a, on that the character level, they were a good couple. Yeah, on the yeah, character level, I have to say that I, I mean, I actually thought that they did have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, oh, they're gonna live it's happily ever after. Sexual chemistry. sizzling chemistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt it enough, though, that I wanted Mm. it for like, you know, like they were both so broken that it was really hard to see either of them having a healthy relationship with one another. But Mm -hmm. there was a piece of it. I don't know. I I think I have a different view on that because I actually think that um, there was potential there, but I just don't think they were either one of them were in the right place for it to be there. Well, and And maybe if she didn't. Sorry, I was going to say, maybe if she didn't have the same type of chemistry with the other actor in the uh, in the scenes where she was like playing go with the Mm -hmm. the other guy and all that stuff, I probably wouldn't have noticed the diff. Like, I probably wouldn't have thought that when she was with the other guy, because I do feel like they had good character chemistry. And now be quiet. So KMUs can talk. (laughs) (laughs) I actually enjoyed the two leads. I felt that. It felt very realistic that the romance wasn't their focus because they Mm -hmm. were so focused on their trauma Mm -hmm. that there was no place for romance, but they understood each other's trauma and they could be themselves with each other. Whereas with other people, they couldn't, Mm -hmm. they always had to have this facade. And I felt that they showed that very well and in a non-sexual chemistry way. Mm -hmm. Um, The two people I thought that you guys haven't mentioned yet. I really like the haughty husband and the main guy bully. Oh, uh, yes. Like yes. anytime they were like in the same room together, sparks were flying like antagonistic sparks, mm-hmm. like not romantic mm-hmm. sparks, but antagonistic sparks were popping everywhere. And that was so much fun to watch those two just stab each other with their eyes. Yeah. You know, it, it was, was like, it was smart. great. Yeah. It was really, that's true. So the common yes. denominator in all of that is the actor who plays the haughty husband. <laughs> he just had <laughs> he really did have chemistry with, with everyone. Yep. Yeah. Even the little girl, like he was just mm-hmm. a really charismatic. Oh yeah. They, actor. they were great together when, when he was with her in the scenes, the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and with his wife, whether they were, mm-hmm. you know, together or he was hating her, whatever was happening, he had a lot of dynamic chemistry with her too. I mean, he is just a chemistry ball of fun. So. I actually think the two female, <laughs> the two female, oh, uh, the the evil yes, female girl yes. and the main lead, I actually thought that they had also very good chemistry together where it was like this there was always this tension every mm. time they were together and you could feel like the give and take of like, they were 
because clearly one was her original tormentor, but they kept mm-hmm. switching that place back and forth mm-hmm. um, yeah. as as she kind of exacted her revenge. And so, yeah, overall, like I know we're in the spoiler free section. So overall, I would just say that like this is a cast that you could feel the sparks flying all the time mm-hmm. in many different directions. And so you're not watching it for the romance, but um, because that's not the point. All right, and now we're getting into spoilers, <laughs> and we're going to talk about our favorite moments between various actors, and they can be romantic or just great acting. So what are yours? I'm trying to even think mine are, so you guys go first, <laughs> because I wrote it down last night, but it was mm. late at night, and I didn't think of answers to my questions. <laughs> you guys go first. Okay, yeah. so I would say for me, um okay let me think of some good scenes because though so there was the scene where the um the main evil girl is in the room where Sung Hye Kyo's plotting her revenge mm-hmm. and so her house her apartment her, her little apartment with the yes. murder boards with the, all of her murder boards I know I'm like <laughs> wow so when she's her, the evil girl is in her apartment and she's like smoking in her and she doesn't take her shoes off and mm-hmm. her like it just illustrated how just disrespectful she is like it just felt so the part where she realizes or and we kind of get to see that this apartment is right in front of her house I really thought that that was a pretty amazing scene. And then I also think that when she when she's playing Go mm. and she challenges the hottie husband, I just loved to see like how that all played out. So um so that one and then when the little girl is upside down mm-hmm. um and you realize like that she has the same shoes as her mom or whatever. Like she was, she commented. Um, I just thought there were so many like little scenes that were setting us up for what was going to happen. And so for me, those were, oh, and then of course I have to mention, what's his name? The, uh, the ponytail, (laughs) the ponytail bad boy, because I really thought that he had really great, like, his I don't know he was just a bad baddie um mm. and he I just was kind of mesmerized every time he was on bad is in slightly inept at being bad <laughs> he was <laughs> he, he wanted to be really tough and bad but he right. was kind of not the smartest I know <laughs> he was he was the the muscle the goon but he wasn't that stupid because he does say at one point in time that he took all of the other dudes classes for him so he's the one with the degree and the other guy's not but he doesn't have it official because he attended class under a different name but yeah no I think he's he won wants he wants to be in with the cool kids and it it never ended after high school I think him and then the flight attendant are very similar in character of like they just want to be with the cool kids and they weren't rich or anything but they kind of latched on to the other three who were rich and that 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 shows in their character 
actions a lot, you know, the mm-hmm. things that they do or are willing to do for the other ones and, and everything. But yeah, I, uh, he, he's not the smartest person in the world. And it it's such a, it's so it's hard because like, so when you're watching a bad guy in a drama and his, the, the things that he does that are bad are like, like stab somebody or kill them or whatever. I mean, that's, that's one kind of like, Ooh, he's hot. He just like stabs somebody, but this guy, <laughs> no, he, he did he's, really bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he's, he's, he's just awful. He's an awful person and, and you don't like him at all. But the actor himself, when you separate that out, he just had such a a good charisma and charisma is a wrong way word. So I don't know. He just had a presence about him that like, it made you notice him as an actor and really hate his character, but he played his role so well. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, he, there was a lot of scenes in it where it, where he really stood out in the scene and, but you just were so grossed out by him. You're just like, Ugh. which is the same thing for the other guy who was the, the colorblind daddy. The colorblind daddy. He also was just like, Ugh. and I mean, it because Despicable. it's on Netflix. They were able to just cuss up a storm and everything, which it really was with the least of what the horrible things that they. Because I mean, cussing is not bad, but like you know, he just his character was also just so. Bleh. You and know, I saw an interview that he doesn't cuss like that normally. Right. And so <laughs> it was really hard for him to, because yeah. he really, there is a scene where he's in the car and he's just letting out a stream of expletives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he mentions like that, that was really hard for him, but it sounded really natural. Let me say. I, I think that's why I thought about his character doing it the second half. Cause he did the interview between the two mm-hmm. or at the beginning, like right when it dropped or whatever. So you had mentioned that. So I was watching it and I was just like, he does cuss a lot. Like <laughs> That would be hard for somebody who did it. So my, the moments that one of them that I think about a lot is. So the main character moon, uh, Dong, she has her, and I called her her sidekick, but so she's a, a, uh, domestic violence, not even survivor. She's experiencing domestic violence and they team up together. And the scenes where she brings her eggs and then like, she talks about how pretty she is when she smiles. Cause this character in the first half really allowed the main actress to just kind of act the way that she normally does, but it worked so well for the character. And that was part of like, she didn't smile that much. She had kind of that straight face and everything. And the times where she did smile or kind of just give a little bit of a like warmer expression or whatever, this act, the, this character, her sidekick kind of was the one that talked about it or called her out or like and the scenes where they interact with each other in that way and it wasn't it wasn't even like a mom daughter like type of relationship but it was just this really intimate friendship but not friendship it was just kind of a an, a weird interaction between or a real relationship between them I'm like hey I'll kill your husband for you if you'll help me take these people down and so it starts out kind of on a weird note, but like there was just a lot of scenes between the two of them. Um, and like even 
like when she tries to help her get to the airport um, on time and then, and she doesn't, she's not able to get to the airport because of her, her husband. And, and then that she goes to the airport and kind of doesn't send her daughter off in person, but was there. I know there's just so many scenes where she kind of is behind the, the scenes of, of being a good person, or at least trying to all the while, like trying to take these people down and not in a nice way of like, you know, she wants them either dead or in prison or whatever. But I loved how their relationship, the, and I don't even know if cismance is the right word for it, but like their relationship was so um, special. And I loved all the scenes that they were in together. Well, I think for me, there were a couple scenes that mm-hmm. stood out. One of them was the you know how the Moon Dong Yoon had that really creepy smile? Uh-huh. Yeah. Anytime she did that, whether it's the younger version or the older version, because the younger version, once they break her, comes and she's like, I want to be learn everything about you and just smiles this almost like Joker style smile that's mm-hmm. just so manic. It's creepy and terrifying. And if anyone ever smiled at me like that in real life, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm leaving the country with no forwarding address. Because <laughs> yeah. it's that kind of chilling smile that you yeah. see someone is just lost it. And there's a couple other times where it was always the smile. And even when she's fake smiling pleasantly, it's there's just something beneath it that looks like she's going to try to stab somebody. And so I loved all through the drama whenever she did that manic smile, it was really successfully done. Uh, The other scene that really, well, there's two scenes that stood out. One was with uh, Yoon Jin, that's the evil girl, when she murders Myung Oh uh, with the bottle, where she Mm -hmm. loses her cool so much that she just gets pushed overboard and sanity leaves Mm -hmm. and that whole scene was so strong and brilliantly filmed and intense and you just felt the crack of that bottle on his head Mm. it was so so good I love that scene I mean yes it was very tragic what happened (laughs) but well I mean tragic in the fact that a guy who kind of sort of maybe deserved to die dies, yeah but. <laughs> yeah but just her performance right there mm. was brilliant mm-hmm. probably my favorite moments of hers in the whole show and then also with our leading man when we see his father murdered oh and yes all of the um residents and stuff are piled on top of him to keep him away from the the guy the that murdered him mm-hmm. And just hearing the murderer yell, daddy, daddy, like, oh, you know, yeah, it was so creepy. That was such, I mean, it was a really well done scene that was just like, wow, this is next level intense. And I think that's what it is with all of these scenes is the mm. intensity was next level. Yes. And we usually don't get that kind of performance in most of the shows that we get. And especially not, not on 
cable t- or on yeah. regular TV. Mm-hmm. Well, and not so. like that sustained, you know, like the fact yeah. that like they, every they scene, went on, they were like on. Yeah. Yes. Agree. All right. So let's chat about various characters um, and talk like more about their story arcs. We've actually introduced a number of the characters. So let's start with uh, Moon Dongun, which is the leading lady. And what were your thoughts about kind of her story arc and what we liked about her character? Um, For me, this is, I really thought it was fascinating to see the portrayal of like how her personality changed due to trauma. I think it was, I think the actress did such a great job of showing that she had been through all of these horrible, horrendous things and that it changed her as a person. And then you see her kind of just go through the motions throughout this entire drama. And with her, I felt like the only moments where we saw any kind of breakthrough really was with the um, the woman that was surviving domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. I really felt like this particular character, she didn't, I don't want to say she didn't have character growth, but I felt like the point of this was that she really was going through the motions and she didn't, she just needed to check off the next thing. And you can just see how everything that she has been thinking about for the last you know, decade is coming, you know, there's culmination of that, but she's, I mean, that's a level of revenge and perseverance towards revenge that we don't always see in Korean dramas. Like we have, you know, we have our revenge dramas, but this was, she was committed. And then I would say that she sort of takes on the role, like at the, at the very end, we're in the spoiler area, so I can say this, (laughs) where she's helping somebody else, like complete his revenge and mm-hmm. you kind of see a little shift there. But I just thought, yeah, her performance at times, very chilling. I I really liked how, and like I said earlier, like the actress, like the first half of it really just kind of let her act the way that she normally does in a for characters and stuff. And, and like she had little breaks in her more serious to either smile or to have like there's a scene where she's sitting in the church. So the Mm. drug addict was a daughter of a pastor. And so she's sitting in the church and if somebody is sitting, I would be with Amber and I would be packing up and moving. If, (laughs) if I was sitting in church and somebody was staring across the, the, the sanctuary, I mean, the way she does, like, she's just staring her down and, but she also breaks and has little smiles, especially when she's able to get one over on the the people it's like a sense of accomplishment and she just breaks into the tiniest bit and it's just slightly crazy like she's just slightly off and you know that how much this plot consumes her but one of the only times that she breaks completely is in the second half and this is where I feel like she as an actress really just let the facade of like having to look pretty and having to look a certain way all the time is when her mom Um, she finally, like her mom ends up burning down the, the place that she's rented her little, like where she had her murder boards and everything. (laughs) 
like her, they catch it on fire and she's like screaming and crying and like, thank you, mom, for never changing. And after that, she checks her into a facility and walks away and it walks away. But in that moment when everything is burning, she's, she's always had a, she can go into an anxiety attack when it comes to fire or sizzling meat or any of those kind of things. And so she was having a hard time and kind of having a little bit of a break because of the fire and all that. But she also was like getting her mom in a way too. It was part of her plot, you know, to, to get her mom out of her life. Mm -hmm. But that scene right there is really when I was like, okay, this actress is kind of like fully committed to the, I don't have to always look a certain way and really just portrayed that character in that scene and that moment for her of like, I mean, her mom was never a, a good mom to her. Her mom signed her away. Oh, she was pretty horrible, much. horrible. She was a horrible mom and then came back into her life after she had kind of like was able to get away from her. And this was like that final, just it. I'm getting, I'm going to really get you out of my life and proving that she was, um, just a horrible person, but yeah, it was, it was that scene right there. Part she of her be the most evil. story, like, her, if well, you and have, that's what she you know, said. Like, there was some dialogue that she had that she was like, you were always my worst and first perpetrator. Like yeah. you were always, you know, the one that did it to me, the, the teachers, the staff at the school, her mother, anybody that could have helped her did not, they abandoned her and re-victimized her in all, in any way that they could have. So, but I felt like for her character story arc and all of that, like that scene was like that pivotal moment of having to finally take care of her mother. And that being the hardest part of her journey was that part, you know, but she did such a great job. I agree. Just, she had such a great layering of characteristics. And I also really appreciated that we got to see the hard work she had to put in before she could start her revenge. Cause so often you'll see the initial trauma jump 20 years and suddenly they're successful and have the ability to get revenge for whatever reason, whether they Mm -hmm. are bright now or they're behind the scenes or whatever it is, but rarely do we ever see the, well, you had to get three jobs to put yourself through school to, you know, learn how to play go, teach tutoring, all this mm-hmm. stuff to get mm-hmm. to where she could even start her revenge. Right. You know, it wasn't an easy process. It wasn't like she could just insta revenge just because she wanted to. And mm-hmm. to just watch that whole process evolve was very satisfying. And it was as satisfying that Suddenly, 20 years later, they could barely even remember what they did because they're horrible people and have hurt many people. And they're like, what did we do to her again? You know, they didn't even remember specifically specifics on what exactly they did to ruin her life. And so, yeah, it was. Well, she was the they show eventually. I mean, she was one in the line of people that they did that to. So, yeah. And one who ended up dead and pregnant. I mean, right. Okay. The next person we're going to talk about is, uh, you, yo Jung, which what did, I don't, but people called him all the time. I can't even remember. Like, yeah, I they called like, him something different. Didn't they? Yeah. Anyway, I don't. And so the main guy, he is the, the, uh, doctor 
son of a, a, a power couple that owned a they hospital. They owned the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They owned the hospital. His dad is is not uh, alive uh, during the drama. His dad was murdered. And at first he seems like he's like this innocent guy who just kind of stumbles upon her and all of this. But then you kind of learn throughout the drama that no, he, he has a very, um, he's mentally disturbed himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a bit disturbed, which I mean, Hey, if your father's killer was writing you love letters that you read and didn't just tear up and throw away and let him kind of torture you him you know throughout the process yeah. of however long it takes to be on death row before you are um that happens or whatever it, it would drive most people crazy i think just a little bit but he was perfect a perfect fit into her plot and he just he he did it so well <laughs> um <laughs> And then had his own, you know, had his own uh, agenda toward the end and everything. But as far as his story arc, I feel like, I feel like out of everybody, he's the one that if they were going to do an, another season or any other further, which there's, of course, anytime that there's something this popular with the, there's rumblings of maybe something more in the future, he would be the one that probably needs, wouldn't is the only one that I feel like needs a bit more where he could grow and change and have a, a, a really good character arc moving forward, because you kind of touch on it a little bit and you really kind of get toward the end of it, but this story re- was hers. And so her revenge is what plays out and he's a part of it. And you do get toward the end where he's, he's, he's going to get his revenge and that's what we're led to believe by the end of it or whatever. But I feel like he had a lot of stuff we could dig into and, and change for his story arc. So, but I still thought his character was fit really well in with everybody else's and that he did a really great performance. I think the, one of the biggest ones I remember is that reveal of like him pretending to slice somebody's throat or something in the in his house. Yeah, like he's he at his was house at one point or he something. was slaughtering <laughs> his opponent in a dream sequence. Well, not even a, a fantasy yeah. sequence. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay, he's not normal. <laughs> I, I think you text me or something. You were like, like, oh, he's so oh. much more interesting now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it you kind of feel bad for him at this point because you're like, hun, you just don't realize what you're getting into. And do you really want to like join her plot? And you're like, oh yeah, you'd actually you probably do, do yes. your own <laughs> plot without her. So cool. I yeah. actually really liked when he went to his mom mm. and he basically was like, listen, I'm going to be helping this person with their revenge. <laughs> like, is that a, like, I just feel like, and when you actually see like he was sort of, so we have our, um, the, the what you're calling the sidekick right the um the woman that brought her eggs and so she, there's sort of like this found family feel right because so she brings her into her to her side and then you have this character who will really do anything for her i mean he even you know brought this girl in for plastic surgery and tortured her i mean in his own way by making her think 
that he had done something really bad, but really he just had gotten a DNA sample. Um, but like he really, I mean, he was willing to violate his, you know, code of ethics and all kinds of stuff. Um, and it, in its own way, like that was kind of romantic. Like his, he was so like, he was so twisted himself. I actually really liked his character because I felt like on the surface, he looked like he was more like sane, but underneath it all, like he kind of was just as wackadoodle as she was for different reasons. And I definitely second loving that scene with his mom where he's like, I know dad took the other direction and look where it got him. I'm going to go revenge. And she's just like, okay, do what you have to do. (laughs) Yes. I support you. (laughs) And so that was a great scene. It really was. And I would totally watch them infiltrating the prison to get his revenge. Oh, yeah. Because that was a great ending for the show. Yes, it really was. So good. All right. And I feel like we have to just round this out with the Park Yoon Jun, who was the evil girl lead, and just how her mother set her to believe that she deserved everything and that she needed to stomp in anything beneath her to maintain her position in life and just seeing that play out and how she literally takes that to heart and will destroy anything and anybody who gets beneath her whether it's her friends her husband her employees it doesn't matter they're all expendable there is nothing that's not expendable to this girl Um, I would say almost even her daughter. I would not be surprised if she had been willing to get rid of her daughter if it meant keeping her status. She's truly a sociopath. Agree. I mean, I feel like we've, I've said what I need to say about her, just that she was from the beginning, just a horrible person. Who she's a killer. Yeah. And that she she didn't have remorse. She didn't have, like, she was just, I think she was only upset that she got caught. Um, Yeah. And she really did believe that all of these people were beneath her. Yeah. Like when her husband confronts her on the whole murder, she's like, why does it matter? Yeah. Like, why are you even dealing with this? You know, are you stupid? (laughs) You know, (laughs) so... It, it, she was a very good evil character. And while her character wasn't layered, it was very chilling and a great mm-hmm. foil for the other two. I think her character, like not layered necessarily, but I do think her character is a good example of like how the little things that you can get away with then make you feel like you can just keep getting away mm-hmm. with more and more and more and that you deserve to get away with more because you know again it shows at the beginning like they just keep kept having more people that they would torture you know and she just kept going further and further and like and hey she got away with murder when she was 19 or whatever so why not later on in life too not that she set out to murder people necessarily but it didn't it was you know it's not something she wouldn't be willing to do. And I feel like the scene where her mom sells her out, it really gives you the answer of, of course she would have sold out her yes. her daughter, 
her own, you know, her mom sold her out. Of course she would have sold out of her daughter if she could have kept everything a secret and, and left it, um, to where nobody found out it. She didn't even seem that upset that the, the, her husband took off with the daughter and went and, you know, took her to, to England. Like that was like a, a minor note in her, what was going on to her with her at that time. Like, whereas some other mother probably would have like, completely lost it. And that would have been the focus. She was just kind of like, okay, whatever, which I know she had a lot going on at the time. I mean, she was getting uh, arrested for murder of multiple people and everything, but <laughs> she didn't really seem to care about her daughter that much. But yeah, I felt like she was a, that her character in general was just a really good example of what happens when people who have either money or power can just keep getting away with whatever they want. And somebody's going to be there to cover it up. All right. Let us take a shallow uh, break. Let us take a shallow break and st- discuss some of the hairstyle choices that were made. Who had the best hair, the worst hair, any, any other hair or styling related questions? <laughs> I feel like after there, this, I this know. drama <laughs> is so serious with so much stuff. And let's talk about the hair. Um, we've already mentioned the one guy's hair. The ponytail. Uh, the, po- the ponytail. Yeah. I, I'm a sucker for a guy that does look good with long hair. Not all guys do in order, but I'm, I am a sucker for it. And I felt like the actor in general, I haven't seen him before. So it was, I think it was just one of the, and maybe I have and stuff, but I just haven't noticed him. So I feel like that the hair made me notice him first and then his acting um, did as well. But I actually think the flight attendant, I loved her hair. Mm-hmm. And it I was know so that- cute. It really, really was like it was and I've seen her in interviews and she has extensions, I think, or maybe the short hair wasn't the length of her hair. I don't know. But like I, I'm like, oh, but your hair looked so good in the drama. Like loved her hair. So I, I would actually say her hair was probably my favorite out of everybody's was the flight attendant's hair. I cannot believe that this is like where you've been. I mean, it's such a like dark, deep drama. We um, need to we need to lighten this up here. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm all in for the uh, ponytail of um, Myungo, but um, I'm gonna put in a, a comment for like the hair I didn't like was the um, colorblind colorblind daddy daddy the mullet the mullet. I just, it fits character like so it's, well though, but it's such a mullet. Yeah. I'm it, all like. Yeah. yeah yeah I wasn't a fan of that I just mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like are you more than just colorblind because that hairstyle is the <laughs> second worst of the drama and the worst is the pervy bowl cut that is the absolute oh worst my gosh um, <laughs> but yes. I think it set the stage for his character right oh. away as soon as you saw him you're like oh you're a perv it was but his it hair was like a weird on him cut. It yeah, was yeah. like it was on like his hair that haircut on him. As soon as I saw him, I was like, ugh. No you. one would choose that specific haircut with that face unless you're a perv. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, it was I was more very glad she added him to the list. Stash. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad she added him to her revenge list of like, I, I have to take you out. You need to not and, be around these kids. Ugh. And that was such a great scene too. When mm-hmm. she set the dads on him, oh. it was just oh, yeah. brutalized. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a light note that 
ended in not so late. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, that's what this drama was like, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in the end, we justice is served to most of them, I think. Do we consider it true justice? And were there any moments that we disagreed with? Okay, so justice. I mean, when we think about who she got her revenge on, some of it, she like was sort of the puppeteer behind like Mm -hmm. and she really did like some of it was like dominoes she set it up and on purpose one thing led to another led to another and then some of it was like she was the puppeteer and then in other cases it was simply like you know once she kind of set certain things in motion the the fact that the people are the way that they are they ended up turning on one another and so did she plot all of that out or not? I don't know, but probably not every single thing that happened. And so I think that when we process through, like, who got who did she get her revenge on? I think so. I mean, I think that it was so the people that have that did the worst things, with the exception of her mom, who I still think probably did the worst thing. But mm-hmm. the the so the the evil girl, like she gets she gets thrown in jail the uh what's his name <laughs> want to be daddy with the colorblind mm-hmm. daddy she blinds oh. him that was crazy <laughs> that was horrible and then you know we don't know who somebody with a tie that you know <laughs> very <laughs> much like hottie husband that looks a lot I don't like hottie show- husband i was gonna say they did show him he walks away the, right no the- no, they didn't no. show him. They showed uh, him walking in the airport with the same with tie. That uh, same tie. Okay. 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 All right. The so dad got rid of them to protect his daughter. Poor thing. And she's so. got two murderers for parents. But yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> this one, like, I felt was a little more justified than, mm-hmm. you know. Although, like, crazy, right? Like that, yeah, she 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 didn't blind him. She had somebody else exactly. set him up to blind him. <laughs> Um, so that was horrifying. Um, and you know, the flight attendant girl, like this wasn't something that the main lead had plotted exactly, but that was shocking. Like she got stabbed in the vocal cords, Uh like, oh, okay then. But then after it's like, well, that's a very great karma justice for that character. Mm. And the fact that like. They did it to themselves. I think that that was yeah. the thing is that, so yes, this woman did get her revenge. She did certain things, but she really set things in motion. And it was because she knew their characters so well that she could predict what they were going to do once they turned on one another. And she knew how to manipulate them to get to get her revenge. Um and I think for me, that's what was most interesting about this is it wasn't like she was out there killing people, but no, she was just setting them up to be, because they're awful people. She knew they were going to do awful things if given the circumstance, you know, if the circumstances change. Yeah. Well, and that's, like, I, go ahead. Sorry. Go. Nope. Go. As I say, that's for me, that was the best part is because like, again, I don't always like revenge dramas because the, the main person like has to sell their soul and become almost worse than the people they're trying to get the revenge on to exact the revenge. Whereas in this case, she just kind of 
skillfully placed certain things within their reach mm-hmm. or with, you know, so that they could see or know or whatever. And made half a suggestion. Of the things, right. Yeah. Half the things just happened because of the information that was out there, not because she told anybody to do a specific thing. Like she didn't tell the evil girl to murder the other guy. I mean, she gave him information and she knew he was going to be stupid enough to start like poking around. And, and, but again, she didn't have any way of knowing she was actually, he was going to be killed, but the main girl, uh, the main evil girl, like she needed to have gone to prison for the two people she killed. And that's what she got. She just kind of had to help the police along to do their job and get done what needed to get done. And the police and the justice system isn't going to take care of an abusive father and husband. And I don't condone necessarily, but she again, didn't do anything exactly to it. She just put him in a place where, okay, so he's going to blackmail this lady and she's kind of crazy, you know, might be uh, murderous. She didn't know he was going to be killed and hit by a car and like that she was going to do that necessarily. (laughs) So like I, that's part of what I liked about it is again, she just skillfully placed people in certain, in certain situations. And then it just domino affected from there. And so a lot of people got like, she didn't, she also didn't kill. I mean, she did kind of sort of, she indirectly really did blind the, the, the colorblind guy. She really did she put that solution in her hands, put the idea, didn't make her do it, but I mean, come on, but she didn't have the dad push him off into the construction site, into the the, the cement or whatever, like that happened on its own. So that's my thoughts on the justice. (laughs) One of the ones that we tend to overlook because it happened so early was when she indirectly murdered her teacher from high school. Oh, Remember yeah. how she totally forgot about her that. son. She threatened the son that if he didn't get rid of his dad, it was going to look badly on him because this all of this bullying stuff was going to come out. Yes. And so he murdered his dad for his own benefit. I, and yeah. that was a great moment. Like it's like, oh wow, this is hardcore. And it kind of set the tone for all the mm. dust that follow. But it was good. Well, and she, that was another one where you're like, dang girl, you're patient. Cause like she, (laughs) she ends up becoming like his, his sons, like in what, what was, what was his son's, it was he a a teacher or what was his son was also a teacher and she ended up was, yeah. And so it was like, he was the son bay in the relationship and so then that's how, like, and she cozied up to him for a long time, you know, and then ended up planting the seed into him and creating the situation. And he could have again, chosen her to smile. Save. Yes. That, her smile when uh, she met the teacher again was yes. terrifying. Uh, that teacher yeah. uh, went with everything that went down during, like when she was in, it was horrible. I was like, how could you? Yeah. How, like she had wound. That's the difference between the, the drama and the case that 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 has been cited or talked about. Like her teachers and stuff, they did like 
listen to her. And and once she showed them like their wounds was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Versus this teacher is just like, doesn't care at all. That was shocking and horrible. Yeah. Finish with the question, do we recommend? And I actually do recommend this one. It was a great story, really strong in all levels. I think that the first episode's a little hard to get through, but it's worth it if you push through and it's very satisfying. I was so satisfied at the end of this drama. Same. Yeah, I would say it's one of the most satisfying. Like if you do like seeing uh, somebody be able to the bring not about justice, but like be able to to carry that plot all the way through to the end and really see it through. It's very satisfying. And again, each person kind of gets what they deserve in a very satisfying way. So yeah, I, I, again, it's one of those, like, there's so many out there that are like this where it's brutal. So it's hard to describe that. It really is like next level. (laughs) Like it's, it's pretty brutal in that first episode, but I think the rest of it, you see it here and there, but again, it's a Netflix original. So it does have some, you know, nudity and all that different kind of stuff so you just have to kind of know what you're getting into but it was a very will tell you right like blood blood gore and smoking right that's what it usually says there is yeah a hundred percent like there's drug use that yeah so again it's it's the bad people are not nice people they aren't and that they show that so yeah i would also recommend this i think that it is probably one of my favorite revenge dramas because it is so tightly written. The cast is amazing. And you really do get somebody who is like persevering through all of this trauma and then follows through on the revenge plan in such intricate ways. I was like, it was hard to watch at times, but I was on the edge of my seat because of the intensity. So I definitely would recommend it. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.